Uh, This morning, the scripture reading is from James chapter 2. Would you stand as we read the word together? Starting in verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says that he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Please be seated. Good morning. Now, I'm going to say something, and I want you to do your best impersonation of a surprised person. Today, I look back on Monday, and I realize that on Monday I turned 70 years old. makes me feel good. And what will make me feel even better is I want to talk about a 90-year-old man. His name is Gene Getz. Maybe you've heard of him. Gene Getz, probably his entire adult life, and now he's 90, has studied Scripture on the church. He has planted churches. He has pastored churches. He has written books about the church. He has taught retreats and conferences and college courses on the church. And even as a 90-year-old man who uses a walker, He is still passionate about the church. Oh, that I would be that passionate about the church when I turn 90, if I do. But one thing that Gene Getz says, after all those years of studying about the church, teaching about the church, planting, pastoring churches. He says he believes that 
the greatest measurement of a healthy church is faith, love, and hope. Did you look up above the main entrance when you came to worship today? Three words. They will be there all year. Faith, love, hope. Gene Getz believes they are the key measurement of a healthy church. And so, in the month of January, we are doing a short little series, started last week, on faith, love, and hope. And we are being challenged, myself included, that we be a faith, love, and hope church. Now, I'll be honest with you, I think to an extent we are, and that's to your credit and by the grace of God. But we can go so much farther. There's more health to experience as a local church. And so hopefully this this month, we will really be challenged to move forward on being a faith, love, and hope church. Today we're going to talk about the faith part. Next week, the love part, and we'll finish with the hope part. Let's pray right now. Father, we we thank you for the church. We thank you for all that you teach us about the church. It's your idea. Not only the universal church made up of all those who follow you, Lord, but the local churches, the churches all over the world made up of people who follow you and who represent you in their communities all over this world. And God, we're one of them. That's exciting. We're one of them. And I pray that you'll keep encouraging us and challenging us in these weeks of January as we begin a new year. Guide us today as we think about the importance of being a faith church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. When um, Lawrence was reading in James chapter 2, you probably noticed that James' subject in that passage is faith. And his subject is a very particular kind of faith. You see it in verse 14. It's saving faith. He talks about the kind of faith that saves. And so... Through the rest of the passage, he is trying to describe for us what real saving faith is. And something he really stresses in the passage is that saving faith is a living faith. You may have noticed three or four different times he talks about faith being dead or faith being alive. He's trying to get the readers to understand that true saving faith is a living faith. It's not a dead faith. And what is a living faith? 
A living faith is a flowering faith. Or as James puts it, a complete faith. He brings that up when he's talking about Abraham. If your Bible is still open to that passage, you'll see it's in verse 22. He's talking about Abraham. And he says, you see that his faith, Abraham's, and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. Abraham's faith was made complete by his works, what he did, his actions, his way of living. And the word that's translated complete there means fulfilled, manifested, revealed, uh, becoming visible. But another meaning for the word is flowering. He, he, he talks about when faith produces works, action, a way of living, that is the flowering, the blooming, if you will, of faith. You know what kind of flower you have. You know there's life in that flower when it blooms, right? The the blooming, the flowering of that plant is the completing of it. It's being made visible. That plant is giving evidence of what's there underground through its blooming, through its completing. And what James is trying to say is we are saved by a faith that's alive, it's living. And the proof of it is when it flowers through what? Our works, our actions, the way we live. And so that's what we're going to talk about. What I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you four churches mentioned in the Bible, mentioned as faith churches, whose faith bloomed, flowered. Then we're going to ask the question, how did people know that these were faith churches? And then we'll ask, what will it take for us today here to be a faith church, like those churches. So first, let's look at four churches that were known as faith churches. And we'll start with the church in Thessalonica. We talked about that last week, 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. want to point out some things that are said about that church. At the end of verse 8, Paul says to this church, your faith in God has become known everywhere. The Thessalonian church was known as a faith church. Their faith in God was known everywhere. People knew about it. We go to uh, chapter 3, 
Verse 2. Paul says, We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. So Paul had sent Timothy to Thessalonica to encourage that church in their faith. He repeats that in verse 5. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. Then we come to verse 6. But Timothy has just now come back to us from you and has brought good news about your faith. So Paul was wondering how the faith was of that church. He sends Timothy. Timothy come back, comes back with a great report. Good news about the faith in that church in Thessalonica. Go to the next letter to the Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians three one three. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. The faith of that church was growing more and more. Verse four. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith. <clears throat> we are telling people about your faith as a church. So what we find is that the Thessalonian church was a faith church. They were known for that. They were known for being a faith church. And they were growing in their faith as a church. To the point where Paul would even tell other churches about the Thessalonians church and their faith. Another uh, faith church. In Scripture was Colossae. If you go to the book of Colossians, <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Paul says to that Colossian church, we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. It's known out there. We've heard it from other people about your faith in Christ as a church. The church in Colossae was known as a faith church. The third church that was known as a faith church was the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> Ephesians 1, <clears throat> verse 15. Paul says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul had heard about the faith of the Ephesian church. People were talking about it so that Paul heard about it. They were known as a faith church. A fourth faith church in that day, the Roman church. Book of Romans, chapter 1. 
Romans 1. Verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. The church in Rome was a faith church. People knew about their faith as a church. It was being talked about and reported all over the world. So you have four churches that were known at that time for their faith in Jesus Christ. The Thessalonian church, the Colossian church, the Ephesian church, and the Roman church. Known for their faith in Christ. Known as faith churches. The question is, how did people know that? How did people know that these churches were faith churches? How did they know about the faith of these churches in order to report it, to talk about it, to share it with others? How did they know that these were faith churches? Well, let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians 1. When Paul begins this letter, he says in verse 2, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith. How did people beyond the Thessalonian church, beyond Macedonia, beyond Achaia, know about the faith of the Thessalonian church, that they were a faith church? It's because their faith in Jesus Christ as a church was producing Works. Well, what does work mean there? It means action, deeds, way of living. Paul says, I thank God because you people have a work-producing faith. People know about your faith because they have seen or heard about what your faith is producing. Your works, your way of living, your deeds, your actions, they point to your faith. Your faith in Christ is the explanation for the way you live as a church. It's the why. Their faith in Christ is the why for the way they lived. And as time went on, it began to touch people beyond the church. 
beyond Macedonia, beyond Achaia. Their faith was flowering. It was blooming. It was being made visible. It was being made recognizable all over through their works, their deeds, their actions, their way of living. The word produced really isn't in the original text. The original text simply says work of faith. Work of faith. But the translators are helping us understand what work of faith means. It means work that is produced by faith. Work that comes from their faith. Work that proceeds from, springs from, caused by their faith. And Paul said, I I thank God for that. Because your faith is flowering all over. People know you as a faith church because of what your faith is doing. Faith in what or whom? Christ, of course. And that goes along with James, if you think about it. James said, real saving faith is a faith that is given evidence by its works. That if you truly have a saving faith, a living faith, Out of that faith is going to come certain works, certain actions, a certain way of living that is going to trace back to your faith in Christ. Your faith in Christ will be the explanation for how you live. That's how people knew. That's why people could talk about the church at Thessalonica, how they knew they were a people of faith. because of their works, their way of living. What would happen if the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to our church? No. He wrote a letter to a lot of churches. What if he were here today and wrote a letter to our church? You know, would he say, um, to the church at Embarrass, I thank God upon every remembrance of you for your work produced by faith. Would he say, your faith as a church, is known throughout the Iron Range. Your faith in Jesus Christ as a church is known beyond the range throughout Minnesota. And everywhere I go, would Paul say, when the embarrassed free church comes up in conversation, 
they report to me about your faith in Jesus Christ. Could he write that to us? Or could he say, and I know that your faith is growing more and more. Could he say that? What would it take? (laughs) What would it take for that to be the case? For us to be known as a faith church. Now, I don't mean by that, you know, that it's about some prideful desire, you know, to make a name for ourselves as a church, some prideful desire to be talked about. I'm talking about a desire to be the kind of church that practices a faith in Christ to the point where it causes people everywhere when they hear about it to know for sure we are a faith church. And if that happens, Jesus Christ is being glorified because the faith is in him. He is being glorified. And people are being caused to think about the difference that a faith in Christ can make in the way of living, in the works and deeds and actions of a group of people. So it's not about making a name for ourselves, this being known as a faith church. It's about being the kind of church that draws attention to Jesus and what faith in him can do. What would it take? Well, a church is people, right? A church isn't this building. A church is people. You are this church. Okay? A church, whether we like it or not, then takes on the character of the people. Are you with me? If the church is people the church then will tend to take on the character of the people that are that church. Which means a church is known by its people. A church is known by its people that are out there living the life. And so, if a church is going to be a faith church, known for its faith in Jesus Christ because of the works and the actions and the way of living that come out of that faith in Jesus Christ, then that church is going to need to have faith people. 
people who are out there living their faith in Jesus Christ, whose works and actions and deeds and lifestyle points back to and is explained by their faith in Christ. So that means you and I have to think about our faith. Are we faith people? And when we go out there and we live in our communities and we build friendships and we carry on marriages and families and we go to work and we go to school, are we known as faith people? In those settings, could people see your way of life, how you handle yourself, how you live? And could by seeing that somehow point them to your faith in Jesus Christ as the cause for how you live, as the why for how you live, as the flowering, the blooming of your faith. You see, this will never be a faith church. This will never be known as a faith church unless enough of us are faith people. And our faith is blooming out there. And it's giving evidence and making visible our faith in Jesus Christ. And then people find out, wow, all those people go to that church. If they're like this, that must be what the church is like. It must be a faith church. Because every person I meet from that church is a faith person. Does that make sense? That's how it's going to happen. You don't just flip a switch and this becomes a faith church known by our faith in Jesus Christ. It becomes a faith church known for that because we are out there living as faith people. There are folks, though, that will say something like this. Yes, I am a person of faith. But I just keep it to myself. Or I just keep it inside. Or I just keep it private. I'm a faith person. But I keep it to myself. I have a profound answer to that statement. No, no, no you will not find anywhere in Scripture faith in Jesus Christ, saving faith, living faith, flowering faith, presented as something you keep inside that is private. Saving, living 
Faith, according to Scripture, impacts your works. It impacts your deeds. It impacts your actions. It impacts your way of living. That's just its character. Some of you are familiar with uh, Willie Nelson, the singer, and you're probably familiar with the song that he is is known for. Um, and it kind of frustrated me that because I was listening to this song this week and going to use it that I woke up this morning at 4 o'clock and I couldn't get that dumb song off my mind. And I would fall back to sleep and 15 minutes later that dumb song would come to my mind. It's the song, You Were Always On My Mind. And some of you could just start out singing it right now, couldn't you? Just know that tune kept coming to my mind at 4 o'clock this morning. But here's what the song says, all right? I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. I didn't love you quite as often as I should have. Things I should have said or done, I just never took the time. But you were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. The next verse. Maybe I didn't hold you. Maybe I made you feel second best. But you were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Can I tell you something? If he was singing that to me, you know what I would say? Yeah, right. I was always on your mind. You never took time to hold me. You treated me like I was second rate, second best. You didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. And what are all those things? Evidence that I was always on your mind. But those things never happened. And you tell me I was always on your mind? Really? If you're a Christian who says, I'm a faith person, I'm a person of faith, but I keep it to myself, I would say, really? You're a faith person? Because if we are faith people, that faith will produce something. That's its character. It's going to produce a way of life. It's going to produce a certain kind of person. It's going to produce certain works and deeds that draw attention to the one in whom we place our faith. Don't tell me Jesus is always on your mind. And there's absolutely nothing flowering from that and being produced. That's just not the faith the Bible talks about. So to be a faith church, we need to have enough of us 
that are faith people and who are out there living our faith, letting our faith produce a certain kind of life, a certain way of thinking, a certain way of acting that gives visible evidence that we truly are faith people. And if enough of us are doing that, we can become known as a faith church. So, that's my desire. I don't know if it's your desire. I hope it's your desire. That each of us personally play the role we need to play in order for us to be known as a faith church. There was Thessalonica, a faith church. There was Colossae, known as a faith church, known for their faith in Jesus. There was Ephesus and the church there, known by many around that they were a faith church. Their faith in Jesus was visible through the life they lived. And there was the church in Rome. And other people reported that they were a faith church. And then there's the church in Embarrass. Are we and will we be known as a faith church? Because our faith in Jesus Christ, as we go out into the world, is producing a way of life. Producing works and deeds and actions that can only be explained by faith in Jesus. May it be. Let's pray. Father... Thank you for the example of these churches. And we've read enough of these letters that we know they weren't perfect churches. But those four churches were known as faith churches. People knew about their faith in you. And the only way that could happen, Lord, we know is that there was something about their faith that produced visible, observable, evidence of their faith in you. Father, could you help us be that kind of people? Show us how to do it. Help us to be that kind of church. And again, Lord, it's it's not because we want a certain reputation um, that we pridefully want to make a name for ourselves. Lord, it's because we know that if we are a faith church and we are giving evidence of that, it points back to you and brings you glory and tells this world that it makes a difference to place our faith in you and your son, Jesus Christ. 
May it be. In his name we pray.